You're listening to The Word of Hope, a radio ministry of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Our preacher is Pastor Brian Wolfmuller with today's Word of Hope. Now when John heard that Jesus was in prison, he sent word by his disciples and said, Are you the one to come, or shall we look for another? You may be seated. In the name of Jesus, Amen. Dear Saints, today is one of those strange days in the church here. First, we know today that Christmas is getting closer, and we know this because the Advent trees have showed up in church, and they've been decorated, and all the Advent greenery and the Advent wreaths are here, and the blue candles have been lit, and, and, lit, and now even the third candle, the rose or the pink candle, is lit, a symbol of joy as we consider that the Feast of Christmas is getting closer. But this is a bit strange because Advent is a penitential season. Its original color was purple. It's called the Little Lent. But in the middle of this we have today, Gaudate, Rejoice Sunday. And it's also strange because of this. I mean, it is in a way uh, fitting that the, the character that we've been waiting for in Advent, that the main man of Advent, John the Baptist, this great Advent figure, finally shows up. This one who came before the Lord to prepare his way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. I mean, it makes sense, after all, in the season of Advent, that we would hear the voice echoing in the wilderness, that tearing down mountains and and raising up valleys, the, the voice of the one preparing the way of the Lord by preaching law and gospel and repentance. And it's good. But even there today, this Sunday, Gaudate throws us for a loop. For the text we have about John... Is not, is not John's bold and fiery preaching from the pulpit of the Jordan River. It's not his greatest moment of triumph when he stands pointing at Jesus who he just baptized and says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It's not even the testimony of John from the womb when he leaps at the presence of Jesus, having faith even as a baby before he's born. No, Gaudate brings to us John in prison. And maybe even stranger. John weighed down with doubt about Jesus. Here's how the text starts. Now, when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? In a lot of ways, this picture of John is more like an anti-John At least, it's not what we expect from this prophet. Whenever I see John in my imagination, and I don't know how it is in your imagination, but whenever I see John the Baptist, I I see him standing there barefoot in the shallows of the Jordan River, this thin kind of uh, oasis in the middle of this expanse of desert, and John is there with his wild hair and this wild beard to match his wild dress of camel skin. And the people are coming and they're crowding around him, but they're afraid to get too close because one, his breath smells like locusts, <laughs> and another, he's preaching the law with such ferocity. The Pharisees are always in the crowd, at least in my imagination, but they're standing afar off, looking down at John as if to intimidate him and to silence him. But John cannot be intimidated or silenced or coerced. In fact, John sees the Pharisees and he has a gleam in his eye and he turns to them and preaches against them. You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? 
John is the picture of a prophet. He's wild. He's free. He's bold. He's got dirt in his toenails and a sparkle in his eye, which is a reflection of the heavenly council. But look here in the text. is John behind bars. He's wearing prison clothes. There's no wind coming down the Jordan Valley blowing his beard as he preaches. There's no crowds surrounding him, just a few loyal disciples. And all of the boldness of his preaching has turned into a question, into doubt, into fear. Are you the one to come? Or do we look for another? Now, what, dear saints, do we make of this? How is it that John the Baptist can know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God? That John even had this fact revealed to him, especially from heaven itself, when he saw the Holy Spirit descending on Jesus in his baptism, and he heard the voice from heaven, which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. How can he know this and still doubt if Jesus is the coming one? How can John know that Jesus is the Lamb of God who would take away the sin of the world? That was his greatest sermon, remember? And he preached it twice. That Jesus is the Lamb of God who will take away the sin of the world. He, he, he's saying in that sermon not only who Jesus is, but what he will do. That he will die to sacrifice for the sins of all of the world. John knows this, and still he sends his disciples to check on Jesus. Is it really you? Now, we don't know the source of this doubt. All the text tells us is this. When John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples. Maybe, and I want to emphasize that this is a maybe, because again, the text doesn't tell us. Maybe, John thought Jesus would preach more fire, would bring more judgment and destruction, and he was disappointed that he hadn't. Maybe, and again, this is another maybe, maybe John was troubled that Jesus was eating with sinners. It's one thing to die for sinners, but quite another to have dinner with them, and maybe this troubled John. Somehow, it seems, that Jesus was not living up to the expect expectations of John. I mean, maybe, and again, maybe, this time in prison for John had done its job and had robbed him of all joy and of all hope. But here is the point. We know this. John doubted. Now, most, most of the time, we think of doubt as something that goes on in our minds. Either we know something or we don't know it. But there is much more to our inner life, what the Bible calls the heart, than, than our minds. We are certainly not pure mind. We, all of us, have emotions, we have feelings, we have determinations, we have assumptions, we have a will, and we have a conscience. And this is the place where doubt most often springs up. I mean, this is why we can know something for sure in our mind. Like the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. And still we wonder, did it really happen? We can know things for sure with our mind that the Lord's word is true. And we still doubt. Is this really from God? We can, we can have something locked down in our brains. Like, Jesus is coming again. We know it. He promised it. And he's coming soon. 
But we go and try to imagine what that will look like, what that moment will be, and we say, I can't get there, and now I wonder if it's even true. And so the devil attacks our certainty, not in our minds, but in our heart, in our conscience. Now, this whole thing can happen the other way as well. The devil can try to undermine our faith by attacking the facts, convincing us that the Bible isn't true, that Christ was not raised, that God could not coexist with all of the trouble that we see in this world and all of the violence and all the tragedy or whatever. That's a different tactic that the devil takes. Because here in this text, we see the devil attacking John from the other direction, using whatever he can to bring the gloomy clouds of doubt to fill John's prison cell and to fill John's conscience with questions. And unless the Lord has given you some sort of supernatural gift of impenetrable faith, you know what I'm talking about. You know this doubt too. But there should be comfort for us here in John. I doubt. But look who also doubts. John the Baptist the greatest of the prophets. I have questions, but look who also has questions. John the Baptist, the greatest of all men born of women, says Jesus. Do you see, the devil will use whatever he can to get to you. The fact that God doesn't act like you expect him to, or that you, he doesn't act like you want him to. The fact that there's troubles in this world and violence and tragedy surrounding us on every hand. The, the, the fact that the Bible has accounts of things that you have never seen. Or that today is a lot like yesterday. Or the devil will give you trouble. Or the devil will take away trouble and give you lots of things that are fun and tempting distractions. Or he'll come and grind you down with the tedium of every day. Or whatever. He'll mix it all up together in your life. All so that he can pluck the seed of the word and plant the seed of doubt into your mind and into your heart and into your conscience. And put you in prison with doubt and questions. But look who's next to you. Look who's next to you in the cell. Who's your prison mate? Dear saints, it's John the Baptist. You are in good company. You are not far from the kingdom. And look at what John does there in prison. Exactly what we should. He sins for Jesus. He prays. And look what Jesus does. He quotes the Scriptures. Jesus answered them, the disciples sent from John. Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. The lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up. The poor have the good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Now, Matthew never tells us in the gospel, nor does Luke when he tells the account. He doesn't tell us what John does when these disciples return to him. I mean, the next thing we know about John the Baptist is that he's having his head removed at the request of Herod's wife and being served up at a feast on a platter. The, dear saints, the next words you will hear from John the Baptist will, will be when you meet him in heaven or, God willing, the resurrection. And there he will tell us how that word from Jesus was enough. There he will tell you 
that faith comes from hearing and hearing from the Word of God, there, there we will rejoice together with John that Jesus has kept us also in the true faith. And that He has brought us through questions and through doubt, through troubles and through temptations, all to bring us to eternal life. And in the end, this is our gaudate, our joy, our comfort and our peace. That even in the midst of his doubts, even in prison, Jesus loves John and dies for him. And so in the midst of your doubt, Jesus loves you. And dies for you also. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. And may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We hope you were blessed by today's Word of Hope. Hope Lutheran Church is located at 1345 Macon Street in Aurora, Colorado. Their weekly schedule is as follows. Sunday morning worship at 915, adult Bible class and youth Sunday school at 1045 a.m. On Tuesday mornings, there is a matin service at 830 a.m. with a Bible class to follow at 930 a.m. You can find out more about Hope Lutheran Church at www.hope-aurora.org. That's www.hope-aurora.org. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you in His grace.